My daughter Cheryl was a gift from another place. The fact that my wife and I were able to even find her was a miracle. I think about that every day. But since my wife passed, it's been tough. I've been having these bad dreams, nightmares, really, and I just need to get away. So I decided that Cheryl and I should take a vacation. I've heard of this great resort place in Maine called Silent Hill. Sounds peaceful. Could be fun. I want to hear you scream. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We'll tear your soul apart. Podcast of the Dead. Hello, everyone. This is Podcast of the Dead, the podcast about all things horror-related. I'm Zach Palmer. Sitting next to me is Isaac Wright. Scoot, scoot, and toot, toot. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us from across the void is Chrissy Beetle. Uh... <laughs> That's how we all feel. <laughs> That's how we all feel this morning. We're all tired today. mood. Yeah, uh, we're all tired today. We all did not sleep well not uh, really. for one reason or another. Yeah. Yeah, it's Brian, you fuck. I just, I'm just conditioned to not sleep much, apparently. Because, see, like every weekend, I always only sleep like four or five hours uh, a night. It's so. not even that I didn't sleep. I'm just kind of just mentally not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's going to be a good episode I mean, then. You did, you did watch the movie of this game series we're talking about so. i did i did uh, we'll talk about that in a second I, yeah. ha- I have things to say yeah but of course <laughs> before we talk about that we have to talk about some horror news of which we, we we tried very hard to find some of yeah yeah <laughs> Look, seriously I like I, had a piece. I knew i had a piece fucking last week and then it took me forever to remember it yeah, yeah it seriously took us like 45 minutes <laughs> to find enough news for this section uh but anyway uh first piece of news is uh, elvira is writing an autobiography uh which does not have a name yet but she is uh she's working hard on it and uh they're saying maybe like 2020 2021 release or something like that we'll 2020 see. release the halloween now uh clue me in really quick because i mean i just uh i never had cable growing up so i know i think a lot of stuff that elvira did would probably fall into that realm as opposed to network mm. television and stuff yeah. like that what are, what really has she done does she basically just set up horror movies and do like you know little bits beforehand or does she do Actual standalone films or kind of. She she has two films. Does she? Okay. You Mm -hmm. need to see Mistress of the Dark. It's It's fucking brilliant. Okay. Um, her second film, Haunted Hills, isn't that great. Uh, But no, she was like vampire. She was like a a Monday horror hostess in like the late eighties. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought it was. Basically, she was a horror hostess, but I didn't know if she had like. Movies too, or whether or not yeah, that was her own yeah. role. Yeah, she was like or... a fully realized character. Um, okay. Whereas Vampire only ever like made cameo appearances slash Plan Nine from Outer Space. <laughs> okay, like I, said, I was just curious because like I, said, I just didn't really have much exposure to her as a, as a um, kid growing up. Hulu so. should still have the Thirteen Nights of Elvira like okay. series still up. They where she did some 
brilliant films. Like okay. Ginger Dead Man and Evil Bong. That was oh, in like yes. two, three years ago. Wait, is oh, she yeah. in those? No, no, she just does her commentary stuff over it. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, w- I really wanted her to be an evil bong, actually. <laughs> no, but she's great. You should yeah. definitely Full see her stuff. Full moon can afford her. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, we we well, we were gonna announce this last week, but we didn't have a news section last week because we were uh, talking about that shitty movie Mothman Prophecies. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, this week uh, we're talking about uh, the Lighthouse, which is a uh, Another Robert Eggers film, which he did, The Witch, uh, and it's another period piece. It looks uh, really minimal Dick too. It's hard for these weird <laughs> period pieces that he keeps creating. No, period horror is—it's a great subgenre. Well, I like uh, it because it definitely is going to definitely focus on people being nuts. Just because, I mean, it looks like there's only two people in it. It looks like yeah. it's just two actors in the whole movie, really. And my my uh, my buddy Billy Defoe, and <laughs> yeah, good, old, good old Willem Defoe. Even yeah. though it's Willem, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna no, I'm gonna say uh, Billy Billet because that's a that's a, a a modification of Billy because William is a modification. Well, Willem is a modification of William. Oh, Billy! I thought you were saying Billy Billet was his new name. Billy. Billet. <laughs> I was like, wait, how did you, why did why did his last name change now? <laughs> yeah, uh, and also uh, Robert Pattinson. Uh, isn't it? So that's 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 interesting. But yeah, it looks like uh, kind of like it's all black and white, which is an mm. interesting choice. And Willem Dafoe looks like the the, the Gordon man on, on the fish stick bag. Gor- the Gordon's fish stick yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Willem Dafoe, the voice he's using in it reminds me so much of like Peach Wilkins in Bioshock. That that mm-hmm. kind yeah, of yes. Yeah. I, I'm excited for it. No, I, it looks really cool too. And like I said, I like minimalistic character study stuff. So that's always something that I get. And that's with. what Robert Eggers is good at. True. Oh yeah. Yeah, The Witch was pretty minimalistic too, but it had more characters. It had at least five characters. This has two characters. It did, but yeah, The Witch was generally understated. Oh yeah. Overall, definitely. loads of people goat. I know were like, "Oh, it's so boring," and I'm like, "No." It has boring elements too. I mean, it can be boring, but if you're not watching the movie, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're just you, seeing a film, then you're like, "Well, nothing." You don't happening. watch The Witch to have that like. Nightmare on Elm Street fun factor. Yeah. Right. You watch The Witch because you want to be a pretentious arsehole. You <laughs> want to see a goat do the bad. And you want to see the goat get down with the dirty. That's what you want to see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I would say you watch The Witch to, like, have, like, a nice, like, you know, night in, like, reading occult books uh, <laughs> by yourself. like Casting spells on your math teacher. Yeah, while doing a seance. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that type yeah. of movie. It's very... Getting revenge, it's very... mom. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Guillermo uh, del Toro, which I always have trouble saying his name because I have white man mouth. Uh, <laughs> is that how you say it? No, is that actually how you pronounce it? Guillermo. No, I mean, Guillermo? you just heard me say it. But... Um, yeah, he he finally got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and he uh, dedicated it to immigrants. Yay! Which is great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck ice. This past week has been fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like with with the shootings and with the deportations and all all the things in between. Ab- yeah. Abolish and prosecute ice. Yeah, yeah really. Um, uh, they, bas- they basically have become the SS to a certain degree. They certainly have. Yeah. They're just not that secret. <laughs> yeah, they're really not very secret about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, they have terrible Facebook groups they... where they say shitty things. Oh, yeah. But that seems to be every law enforcement agency at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I think Dallas had one that was like, oh, oh yeah. what, they're all shitty. Yeah. Yeah, there was a big article about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Central Track, which is mostly like a musical, like a local music type publication for the Dallas scene, uh, posted an article about that, and it was pretty interesting. Because, yeah, they kind of, like, investigated some of these groups and these... these uh, Dallas police officers that are in these like basically like white supremacist groups mm. and stuff. It's and like I said, it up. seems way more common than anyone would have thought. It's well, like no, yeah, I mean, it's been common since like the seventies, honestly. Yeah, it's yeah. just as common as I thought it would be. Yeah, <laughs> is, yeah I, is how I, was I feel surprised. about it. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that's <sighs> that makes sense. Yeah, it it's white brilliant sucks. because white men are mad that Del Toro dedicated his star to you know immigrants and you know reminded them that he is an immigrant yeah yeah right i mean like fuck you what the fuck yeah shut up <laughs> how how far do you have your own head up your own ass i mean they're you know white. That's... The, 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 the white nerds i don't i don't, I don't really know what else to say about it because it's just like yeah and what sucks is it's awesome that he's doing that to raise awareness and stuff like that but it seems like with the government that we have right now, no amount of raising awareness is doing anything. They still just keep doing it. Like, they say they stop the, like, breaking up families. They still keep doing it. Even yeah. after, like, the entire world tells them to stop. Yeah. Everyone shines a light on the fact that they're putting them in camps without, without, without access to basic resources. Like, the whole world knows that now. They're not doing anything about it. Like, no one has made them stop or no right. one is forcing them to stop. It, so I don't understand. So the, all, the, all the amount of... Everyone licks America's ass. Our, it's like, like all the amount of awareness hasn't done anything, and I don't understand. Our government won't do anything. Yeah, because yeah. we want to eat your eat your fucking asshole. <laughs> like well, the thing is, the thing is, when when there is normally like this sort of like these human rights vi- violations, it's normally America who used to be the ones to step in to quote-unquote stop it or put a stop to it in some way we were like the world police at one point but now that we're the ones doing it nobody's really going to step up to the plate to become that new force uh and And uh that means scared of you well that means that it has to come from within it has to be an internal thing but we're too overworked and underpaid to actually do anything about it as a country yeah yeah we're (laughs) the most workingest country on the planet and yet we have the least access to like Healthcare like basic and basic needs. things yeah. and like time off and maternity leave and everything. Why the fuck aren't y'all moving? Except the fact that I <laughs> have to move to your piece of shit country. Yeah. So. Woo! This went off the rails. No, this, this is, is because- depressing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of Guillermo del Toro, that th- that time I think I said it right. Yeah, I think uh, so. I don't know. Isaac saw a movie. I did see a movie. Yeah, I went and saw a movie. He's gonna give us a little review here. My girlfriend and I uh, went and saw Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark last night. And overall, I'd say it's a good film. My my little nugget review would be, good film, but I don't think it's exactly what it should have been. And I think, here's my issue with it. Uh, so the film basically has some of the big stories from the the, the children's book in it. Uh, And unfortunately, my enjoyment of it might have been hampered a little bit because I wasn't really exposed to the book as a child. I still haven't read it. I haven't found a copy of it. So uh, I don't know all the iconic stories that are in it. I know there's multiple volumes, and I know I think this one included most of the stories from the first volume, I think. I might be wrong about that. But um, 
Because it's a movie, and because they wanted to make it, give it like kind of a narrative to tie all these stories together, they also added in this kind of it Stranger Things storyline about these kids who go into the Sarah Bellows's house, and Sarah Bellows is like this local legend, and she tells people spooky stories, and she has a book. But it turns out they get the book, and as they read the stories, it's happening to their friends, and stuff happens to them that's happening in the book at the same time, and it's some of the was same Was that stuff. a sentence? Was that a coherent <laughs> sentence you just said, or are you having a stroke? <laughs> but, but anyway, so yeah, so, so as they read the book, they find out that these stories are happening to people that they know in real time and stuff like that, and these are the stories that were in the old book and everything like that, and... It's an interesting concept. It just bores the shit out of me. I will say that. Like I said, it's a good film, but this whole narrative that they try to push kind of is boring. And turns out Sarah Bellows' family, they made the paper mill in the town. And that paper mill was poisoning children. But Sarah Bellows gets blamed for poisoning the children for okay. some reason. So there's that- like a, there's like an underarching story. Yeah. Like, and and that, that's it, Stranger Things type storyline with kids, you know, trying to like... I, like stop it like some unspeakable evil or something like yeah. that i mean that's just a popular yeah, thing popular to do right, right now, now. Um, um one thing i will say though is when they do the stories from the book that's where the movie is really good yeah because the effects are really good and i think that that's what they focused on most uh definitely because all the 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 practical effects and the special effects for the monsters and the little the spooky things that happen all that shit is really fucking cool. Yeah. And I like that a lot. They should have done it like an anthology. Mm. Uh, here's other good horror films that have anthology formats. The Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> ABCs of Death. Uh, VHS. Those are all movies that have Trick like, or Treat. Trick or Treat. Yeah. Which... It, it definitely is a format that works. Mm-hmm. You just if you try and tie it in with like a big long storyline, it just it's the, not as cohesive. Re- I mean, definitely know? the reason they did it, the way that they did it, was to make it appeal to a bigger audience, make it a big summer blockbuster. You know what I mean? Make it more marketable. Sometimes anthology movies don't go over well, especially because they even talk about they had a little. We went to, to Alamo, so they had a little thing beforehand. You know what I mean? With I, I don't remember if it was a cast member, member of the crew, but talking about oh well, I read this as a kid. Some of these stories are in here. We wanted to pass this on to a new generation i think a younger generation who you know isn't into films classic films and stuff doesn't want to necessarily sit through four or five disjointed stories they might get turned off by that even if each individual story is really cool maybe that's what they were thinking so they decided to give it more of a a format in which it could be told more fluid I don't know. Uh, That's it. Uh, I a don't... three-hour fucking Marvel movie, though. That yeah. Is <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not so sure that that's the case. I think they just didn't want to. They just didn't want to try it. Because I mean, I mean, they they were playing it safe. I mean, look at American yeah. Horror Story. American Horror Story is an anthology series. It's mm-hmm. a it's, mm. a, it's yeah. a show. But I mean, that was really popular. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't know it was, was a show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird. It was. A but weird I mean, dark... it's anthology is in every season. It's not like one big long story. Mm. It's like a story per season. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I think it was worth them trying it the way that they did. I just I, I was a little disappointed in it, but I think that it's still good. I think you should still see it, especially if you're a fan of the book. I think you should totally see it because of the way it portrays stuff, and you'll see like a lot of those illustrations and everything brought to life in a very faithful way. But one other criticism I do have of it, they showed you a lot of it in the trailer. 
Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People... Oversharing trailers. Yeah, Don't, and I, this I film them. definitely suffered from it, because yeah. I had already seen The Pale Lady. I had already seen The Scarecrow. Just... I had already seen nearly everything in this movie, except, like, one really, like, cool monster toward the end. Other than that... Like, you just need everything. a teaser, people. That's all you need. <laughs> just tease. Just the tip is all you need. Just a little bit. That's all we need. Uh, okay, how uh, from zero to ten pimple spiders? Uh, what are you gonna? <laughs> what are you gonna give it? it? I mean, it has to be from zero to ten thousand. Okay, spiders. zero to many? ten thousand pimple spiders. Um, six hundred nine hundred eighty-seven. Wait, what? 6,987. Oh, okay. I, I said 600, yes. 500, whatever. You know what I mean, though. 6,000 6, something. 6, yes, 6,900. Because I don't have my mind in the gutter like y'all seem to. Gosh. 6,420. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the 6,000 spiders range. Let's put it that way. 6,000. Yeah. Okay. That's for me, though. Like I said, I... I, I judge things critically really bad. Yeah, well, yeah, I might see it, like, we might get it on DVD or yeah. whatever. But like I said, it's definitely worth watching. Don't let m what I say, I don't know movies, go out watch it, see if you That's like literally, it. like, most of what we talk about, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> not today. We're not talking about a movie. I well, know, but it's well, like, actually, are we to, are we it is like 90% of the podcast. Today? <laughs> yeah. There is a movie. Yeah, yeah we are talking about, about some movies. Like, yeah. 90% of the podcast. I, anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about the main thing. Okay. Hey, hey, Zach here. Just a quick reminder to follow us on social media. Uh, that would be at PC of the Dead on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Podcast of the Dead is our Facebook page. And then if you want to email us about either movie suggestions or just to talk, then you can reach us at podcastofthedead at gmail.com. If you want to contribute to the show in a monetary way and want to help us make better content in the future, then you can also go to our Patreon and contribute there. Uh, the easiest tier is just First Blood, which is a dollar a month. And that is patreon.com slash PC of the Dead. Okay, this week we're talking about our first ever video game. Yay! Uh, we're talking Ooh, about the games. first. Oh, yeah. Talking about the first Silent Hill. Boy, this One game of, this game revisiting it was was it was a journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of the most influential, if not the most influential survival horror games ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh it does so much right and maybe a little bit wrong, but uh this this game's always held an important place to me because, like I've always said, I wasn't really exposed to much horror media as a right. child. I do remember going up to see some of my um, friends slash family in DC, and um, my friend was playing the original Silent Hill, and I was watching it, and I I got to see him play the opening of the game where you go down that dark alleyway and stuff, and then get stabbed to death by the tiny people. Oh yeah, um, that mm. part scared the shit out of me as yeah. a child. I was like, what the fuck is this? Well, there's a, there's a lot of things about this game that scare the shit. Out of I mean, even now, just because of the way that it's it's set up, mm. like it, that fixed camera angle really uh, makes things really interesting. And we'll we'll talk about that in depth later. But mm. yeah, that that really the way it sets up shots is really right. good. Uh, but but yeah, that the PS one was like a really great era of like all these new things mm. like like coming out and like making new like. It things happened in video games mm. and, and making them as pixelated as possible. Oh, yeah. and, FMV. There, 
no one needs facial expressions when you're actually in gameplay, right. okay? If if that's one thing Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid both taught us, your eyes can just be a combination of pixels that yeah. never move, and you never move your mouth when you're talking, and your head is a square. Can I please get <laughs> less polygons on this on this arm, please? No, I, was, I mean, come this on. This is too many. PS1, MGS1 liquid. Ooh. Completely <laughs> blows twin snakes liquid out the water. <laughs> uh, and this is, this should be obvious at this point, but uh, I am going to say it up top. Uh, there is going to be spoilers about the plot of this game. If you've never played this game before, uh, please know that we are going to talk about the different endings and different plot points that are very deep into the game. Yeah. Uh, so just right up top, I'm going to say spoiler alert. So let's talk about the synopsis. Uh, who wants to explain what the fuck happens in this game? It's so um, hard, and we're going to have to go... I mean, it, 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 this is going to be a team effort, I think. A little yeah, bit. let's, let's <laughs> all have a stab at this one. It, it's complicated, so I'll start it off. Okay, so uh, there is a guy named Henry... Harry. Harry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Harry! Harry! Sorry, Harry. And, a, uh, and his daughter named Cheryl... Uh, they're going to a, a resort town called Silent Hill for vacation, supposedly, is is how how it's framed at the beginning. Let's let's put it that way. Why would you do uh, that? <laughs> you don't know what Silent Hill's like before you go there. You just get a postcard. It says, come to Silent Hill. We have snow. It's yeah, one yeah, of those we'll mystery <laughs> vacations where you get sent to a random place. <laughs> right, but we do learn later that it actually wasn't technically for the vacation, it was for other reasons right. that we'll get into later that are plot points. Uh, but basically, they get um, as they're on their way to Silent Hill, they get into a car wreck, and when Harry wakes up from the car wreck, uh, Cheryl is missing, and then he starts searching Silent Hill uh, to try and find her. Uh, the first person he runs into of consequence is Sybil. After he uh, runs into a flayed man with no skin in the middle of an alley and is almost stabbed to death. I mean, that well, yeah, that, that happens first. Yes. I mean, yeah. any big city in the Northeast, of course. Monsters. <laughs> Monsters are already a huge part of the game right from the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the first actual person that he can talk to uh, is a, a police uh, officer named uh, Sybil. All and bastards, uh, including Sybil. Including Sybil. Uh, she gives him a gun, because for whatever reason, she has two. Uh, <laughs> radio. What? What's going on with that radio? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it also, it also sets up the fact that you get a radio at the beginning, and that alerts you to when monsters are yes. around. And that's really cool. It's a really yeah. cool creepy thing that it does, and I like that a lot. I don't know. I just wanted to throw yeah. that in there. <laughs> yeah, the, ra the radio gets real staticky whenever there's yeah. uh, there's uh, monsters nearby, which is cool. Mm. Uh, and it's a, it's a great uh, gameplay device, because it really helps you like uh, feel your way around spaces mm. better. Yeah. Um, so, so Sybil and you, you have a conversation about what the fuck is happening, and neither of you are really able to figure out what the fuck is happening. Uh, so then you go on your own merry way with your new brain, new gun, uh, <laughs> and you start shooting things. Uh, and you start trespassing and yes. digging through dog houses and getting completely mauled by fleshless dogs. That's oh, yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They are good um, boys. No, they're not. Oh, and, so you try every, and you try every single door that exists. 
Right. Yes, even and, if you cannot go into it in any way. <laughs> and when you find items, you try and combine them with everything, just like any adventure game that you would <laughs> yeah, ever play. <laughs> uh, any any point-and-click adventure game is that's exactly what you do. You combine items with other items until you are you hate yourself. Uh, <laughs> 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 so basically the way that whole thing goes. Uh, and so after you uh, leave with your brand-new uh, fantastic gun, um, who, who wants to explain what happens next? Um, what happens next is basically you're walking around and you're still trying to find Cheryl and you are treated to a number of little clues that your daughter leaves around, little sketchbook drawings and such that are pointing you in the right direction, presumably of where she is. Mm, right. And so, uh, the first, the first big area that you go to, I believe is the school. Yes. And then after that, um... You do the doghouse thing, and you go to the next part of town. No, then it's the hotel and the hospital and all. Basically, you you go to pretty much everywhere that they decided to render in Silent Hill yeah. over the course of the game, obviously, as you would. Um, but hold on, you're, you're missing a couple important characters that you meet. In that time period, true. Yeah, uh, yeah but I don't, re- I don't, I don't remember much. You're about missing, them. <laughs> you're missing Kaufman. When you go to the hospital, you meet a, a the head doctor of the hospital named Doctor Michael Kaufman, who is a huge asshole. Uh, <laughs> just, just in general, he's just a huge, gigantic asshole. Uh, but uh, he basically, well, I'm trying to remember. He almost sh- shoots you, yeah, uh, for one, uh, and then. He basically is just like, stay safe out there, and then walks out like nothing happened. Uh, like, there's not, like, fucking horror outside. Like, if I were him, I would have just stayed in that it's room. Uh, you also You also meet a nurse named Lisa. Uh, and Lisa is... Oh, hi, Lisa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh, God, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Lisa is uh, kind of an interesting character at... At the beginning, when you first meet Lisa, she is supposedly an amnesiac, uh, where she doesn't really uh, remember anything that happened, and she's not sure what's going on. She's trying to lead you in a particular direction, uh, and you're you're not sure what to make of her. I think even as you first meet her as a as a player, you're just like, I don't know what the fuck she's going on about. Um, I, I can't remember if it's before or after the hospital that you hear the bell. Uh, um, it's before you meet Dahlia. Before yeah. that, and Dahlia, Dahlia tells yeah, you to go Dahlia to the hospital. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when you, when you're in the school, uh, you hear a bell ringing, and you go to the nearest, I guess, church. Yeah, it's the church. And when you mm-hmm. walk into the church, you meet this very strange woman uh, named Dahlia Gillespie, and I know her last name because he says it every time. <laughs> he always says Dahlia Gillespie. He never just says Dahlia, even though that's her first name. And I don't ever just say, hey, Isaac Wright. Hey, what's Isaac up, Wright. What's up, Zepto-Bismol? <laughs> no, no he's Zoidberg, perhaps. It's now no. Zoidberg, perhaps. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know Zepto Bismol has been a longer one for, for a while. Zepto Zepto Bismol was a good one. I think that was your. I think that's still your PlayStation Network thing. I think. Or no, well, my PlayStation Network is all fucked up. It's like <laughs> it's a combination of different names I've had <laughs> to explain to people who don't know. <laughs> okay, this is just, no longer like ta- This is like a tangent for just a second. <laughs> uh, I change my Facebook name every sixty days, and I try and keep the same initials. Every time, but it's like I've gone through so many fucking names that my PlayStation, which is kind of more or less tied to my Facebook account, thinks that I'm old names that I am not anymore, and it combines first and last names. So at one point I was like, I was like Zeke Palm Tree, <laughs> and then like after that it was like Zachary Palpatine, but now my P- PS4 name is Zachary Palm Tree. <laughs> 
That's amazing. Like it just combines too because it's just like what the fuck is they happening? They sound like they sound like Silent Hill names. They do. Obviously. They do. Yeah, um, you doubt Zachary Palm Tree and the Red Liquid and even <laughs> he's freed of the Incubus. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you find out that what you get from Dolly Gillespie with the first time you meet her is a thing called the um, the what's. Uh, uh, phallus? Fa- not the phallus. Fa- yeah, the phallus. You get a big the penis. Phallus. It's the phallus. It's the phallus. The I think, is, is what it is. Uh, but it's like this big, like, uh, triangular pyramid thing. It, it reminds me of the thing from Hellraiser. Yeah, it's the, a bit. The, it's a bit like now. the lament configuration totally, yeah. a little bit, um, but yeah, it's a. It's basically just this thing that you don't know what it does until it does a thing. Yeah, later. and it doesn't do a thing for a long. time. It doesn't do a thing for a long time. <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck is this thing? And then like three quarters into the game, you're just like, oh, that's what it does. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, after you go to the hospital, uh, remind me what happened. Somebody. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm just gonna break really fast. Just give us all a breather because. As you might be able to tell from our synopsis, shit happens in this game, and you kind of don't know what's going on because you're mainly focused—you're mainly focused on staying alive. Yeah. And every once in a while, you get into a cutscene with a person, and you're like, "Okay, that's cool. I don't have any handgun bullets." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so like, you, you, you just skip through a lot of stuff. Yeah, you're just exactly. Like, you're just like, "I don't fucking care." Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, "Shut up! Shut up! Like, shut up!" Okay, so to give you an idea. Yeah, the most recent playthrough of this, actually, uh, it was Ash and I. We played this just on a whim before the podcast was even mm-hmm. in its infancy or anything. Uh, we played up to like over two thirds of the game, and I hadn't even realized it, but we got really far. Yeah. And so when we decided we were going to do this for the podcast, I was already at the houseboat, which is really towards the end, right yes. before the fight yeah. in Sybil with Sybil. Mm. Yeah. And so that's all I played through was the fight with Sybil up to right before the end, just because I didn't have time to actually finish the very end of the game. So. Some things are clear to me. I'd totally forgotten most of the dialogue and, like, the characters and stuff. Right. Main things I remembered. Dying in an alleyway. Sybil being hot, but also being kind of a dick. Uh, I did not remember Kaufman. Remember Lisa? Didn't know that apparently she has this whole drug thing going on. Remember yeah. fighting Mothra? He's cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Remember, like, the school sucking? I didn't like the school. It sucks. Like, it just takes too long. Uh, Then I remember going to the other side of Silent Hill through the sewers, because why aren't there fucking sewers? It's a video game. And then, uh, yeah, getting to the boat, and then Sybil's like, what do you want? And Dahlia's like, y'all both suck. You go here, you go here. Then you go to the lighthouse, and Alessa... Who, oh yeah, Les is a character. She's the biggest character, and we forgot okay. about her. Okay, God now damn it. you've completely lost everybody entirely. <laughs> Basically, the point is, is over the course of the game, you find out that uh, there was this like group of zealots. Uh, there's like this, there's a cult group that. Uh, Basically, sacrificed a child to, I guess, cleanse the city uh, was mm-hmm. was like the whole like point behind it. Uh, and the child's name was Alessa. And they wanted to bring about the birth of their god, or whatever. yeah, they wanted to bring about the birth of their god. And and so Alessa didn't died, but didn't really die. Like she had a spirit split essentially. And and the way it was explained to me at one point is that her her spirit split into like a good and a bad portion. And the good, the good portion manifested as Cheryl. Because the thing about Cheryl, yeah. Cheryl was adopted. Cheryl was uh, what we call a highway baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
they actually found her on the road to or from Silent Hill. Right. Like yes. that, and then after they don't go back until after Harry's right. wife dies. Yeah. And and yeah. at this point, uh, Harry's wife has been dead for four years by the time that Silent Hill mm-hmm. started. Um, but basically, so so we find out that Cheryl is like half of this whole this whole soul. Um, and supposedly, like she's the good pure half, and then like the 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 rest, the other half stayed behind in Silent Hill and is like causing all these fucking insane manifestations to happen and all these monsters to happen and all this this whole thing to just spiral out of control essentially. And, and the idea is from the lore and from some of the other games that have come out because there are multiple games that actually explore the very first game storyline. There's like the interactive novel that's on the Game Boy Advance. Then there's one called Homecoming. And then there's also Shattered Memories, I think, is also about yes. the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you learn that Kaufman and Lisa are working to like keep Alessa alive and sedated, even though she's like burned over her whole body. And yes. they're giving her drugs called White Claudia, which they at one <laughs> point distributed amongst the tourists of Silent Hill, because Silent Hill was a big tourist town at one point. So there's so many layers to this fucking game. But the idea is that Alessa is in pain, is burned all over, and is being groomed to be the progenitor of this new god that's going to cause yes. the apocalypse. She didn't want that to happen. She cleaved her soul in twine and <laughs> to prevent that. Um, but Dahlia is basically manipulating Harry to take him back to Silent Hill to bring his daughter back to Silent Hill so they can merge to the two together again. The rebirth of Samuel, I believe, is the god. It's, it's Samuel. Samuel. Okay. And Sam, I am. Yes, Sam. I, the, the god Sam, I am. He uh, or male because it's the same as the Evangelion. Yeah, that's what yeah. I kind of thought yeah. it was. But anyway. Sam, I am, and Megatron. And- <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so she brought Harry back. There's no coincidence. They weren't going there for vacation. That's what he thought. But he's actually being manipulated behind the scenes to bring Cheryl there. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, they try to bring about the birth of this new god and they fail because you're a badass with a gun. Anyway. God, so, that, that synopsis yeah, is the most convoluted yeah, thing. It is very con- convoluted. <laughs> it's the longest synopsis of the it is, ever It's had. very, the thing is, 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 yeah, it's very long and complicated and I dropped my phone. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and it's just like, it's very hard to explain unless you actually play the game. Uh, but I mean, it's not a particularly long game. If you know all the puzzles and everything already, then it's basically only like a four or five hour playthrough. Yeah, which but, I was surprised by when uh, when Ash and I were playing it, we got to we got through the sewers to the second half of Silent Hill, like the old town, I guess it is. Yeah. And they were like, um, this game's really long. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Who but wants they... to know a fucked up fact. What's so that? they sent out test copies back in the day. And then they changed all of the puzzles that they sent out in the test copies to like all the people making guides and stuff, so all the guides were wrong. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Wow. That's a dick move. That is a dick move. Um, I blame yeah. Konami. <laughs> but, but basically what we're trying to get at with the synopsis is that this game is complicated. Uh, I mean, story-wise, gameplay-wise, puzzle-wise, for sure. But it's like one of those things where it's... 
it has a lot more depth than a lot of the other games that came out at the time as yeah. far as like survival horror games are concerned like there are definitely mm. like survival horror games that were kind of like in this sort of realm like d uh i don't know if anybody here has played d besides me but d was it came out in 95 and it was kind of like this same sort of like there are a lot of cutscenes in it there was there was some uh talking in it and all that d's stuff, been it was, very it has always been kind of talked about as, as a more interactive movie style of game right. where uh mm. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like an adventure game. It's point and click. It reminds mm-hmm. me most of Mist from the gameplay. Oh yeah, play, it's a lot like because it's all first person. You you click on a place, you go to a place. It's like a you really, have an inventory. It's like a really fucked up Mist. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and I mean, prior to this, uh, the what is usually heralded as one of the first like survival horror games is known as Clock Tower, which existed on the on the Nintendo Famicom. Oh uh, no, Super mm-hmm. Famicom. Um, yeah. And it was released only in Japan. You can get it actually uh, if you want to be illegal like me. You can uh, <laughs> download a translated ROM of it. There, there is a site that actually has a translation of it up that you can download. Right. And basically, Clock Tower is a really cool game. Basically, you're a girl, a girl, a ghoul, a girl alone in the mansion, and you're running from a, a guy named the Scissorman, and he just oh, looks yeah. like Angus Young from ACDC uh, with a <laughs> giant. <laughs> yeah, he just has a giant pair of hedge clippers. Yeah. Not scary at all, but if you're playing the game, you're like, oh, fuck, because he comes out of, like, lampshades and just, like, the cupboard. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty tense. Um, So that's, like, the first, uh, like, survival horror game. Other than if you want to, you can't really call Castlevania and stuff survival horror. It's just kind of a horror-ish game. Yeah. Um, Castlevania is (laughs) less survival and more just fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of, like... Probably the most influential games on Silent Hill that came out right before this uh, was Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we would say Resident Evil is like that type of survival horror game that did not take it seriously. See, uh, Re- yeah, Resident Evil is the B movie, whereas Silent Hill is actually trying to be is actually trying to give you like that th- sense of psychological dread. Yeah. You know, right? Because Resident Evil. It is scary. Yeah, the zombies are, are scary. And the very first Resident Evil is the scariest of the bunch, I think, because it, it gets you in that closed quarters environment when you're in the mansion. Yeah. There's nowhere really to run. But then you get to a cutscene, and it's all like, let's make a Jill sandwich. And you're just like, what's going <laughs> <Yeah>. on? <laughs> well, and the thing is, is, is like, I think the, the thing that Silent Hill pulls from Resident Evil the most is the controls and, like, the, the gameplay and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And the way it kind of approaches how you present the game, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the number one thing that it gets from that first Resident Evil, um, but it, we really kind of want to talk about because this is that era of, of specifically of like horror films and film that we've talked about before. It's like the late nineties, early two thousands, where everything sucked. Uh, <laughs> hey, basically, not everything. Not everything, but like the majority of the things that we called out when we were talking about the things from nineteen ninety nine. Sixty percent of them sucked. Terrible. <laughs> I would say seventy six. And- <laughs> I would say seventy six percent of it sucked. Uh, but yeah, it, the, nineteen. 1999 is the year that the first Silent Hill came out. And and as far as in horror, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of great stuff that came out. I mean, yeah, Terra Firma came out. Uh, Audition Pocket came Master out. Master was a thing? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Audition, you said, was a Japanese yeah, horror film. Yeah, Audition, yeah, Audition is great. Audition is so good. And then uh, we you, you did say that uh, The Haunting came out. Oh boy! Yeah. No, 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 no! Yeah, the '90s remake of yeah. the Haunting. Yeah, no, that's, that's the one. That's the yeah. only one that matters. Excuse now, me. Now, and, and the original Haunting, let's say <laughs> it's not. It's not a fantastic film. It is pretty good, but. The ninety, oh, oh, the nineties ones. Leave Owen Wilson alone. <laughs> oh, is Owen Wilson in that? Oh yeah. Forgot. yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, you, you know what? Candyman <laughs> three came out. 
Children of the Corn 666 came out. Oh no, really? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were there actually six children of the Corn Oh yeah. Movies? That's yeah. A, that's yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought there was only like two. No. Uh, it, Damn. It, okay. It's only one year before it, kind of a redeeming film came out, and that's the it's the year before the first Final Destination came out. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't know. It it was not a great year for horror. Let's just say. Uh, so for Silent Hill to come out and be like one of the defining survival horror games to ever come out, it's pretty interesting because it's like all of the focus shifted from movies to games at that point because it's like oh, there's some really great horror games coming out. Yeah, well, I mean uh, Resident uh, it, Evil Three. Yeah, yeah, which is an awesome one. That introduced a nemesis. Oh, yeah. Which Sys- is uh, amazing. System yeah. Shock and, 2, which is... Yes, like... let's... We actually have to talk about System Shock 2 a little bit because it's its 20th anniversary right oh, now. Oh, it is. So, yeah. and if no one's played System Shock 2, apparently it's on Steam, which I just well, found out. Well, I mean... And I love that fucking it's game. It's 20th anniversary of all the games coming that came out in 99. Yeah. Because oh, well, it's yeah. 2019. Oh, <laughs> shit, you're right. It is 20th anniversary <laughs> of Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah. they released <laughs> some vinyl for the 20th anniversary this year. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Well. But so yeah, I, definitely I remember the horror stuff from games a little bit more than I do from the movies at yeah. this point. I mean, or yeah. at least from stuff that I've researched since. Yeah, it's so, definitely better stuff coming out in video games and movies at this point. Yeah. But the inter- one of the interesting tidbits about Silent Hill is that it's kind of based on a real thing. Yeah, more so in the movie. Where there mm, there has yes. been a movie based on Silent Hill called Silent Hill. Um, we'll get to that. Which it, it, we'll get to that a little bit more faithful to the game than I would have thought originally. Like uh-huh. if you tell, because most video game movies are absolute dog shit. What are you talking about? Super Mario Brothers the movie is amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, most are absolute dog shit. Silent Hill's not bad. It actually tries to stick to the story material to a certain degree, but it has. I don't know why they deviate so much. I think it's just also because Detective Silent- Pikachu. I mean, Detective yeah. Pikachu was great, but I, I honestly think the movie only deviates so much because. Fucking the story of Silent Hill takes is six hours yeah. to tell and yeah. makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. But anyway, in the movie, the idea of Silent Hill is actually based on a real town called Centralia, Pennsylvania. And they actually use this device because Centralia, Pennsylvania is a place where a giant coal fire, it used to be a mining town, and now a giant coal fire ignited and now is still burning underneath the ground to this day. When did um, it start, though? Well, that's what I'm looking up right now. 70s? Do, do, do. 1903? 2003? 1869. <laughs> All official efforts to extinguish the Centralia mine fire ceased in 1984. Oh. Centralia was uh, surrendered to the path of fire. Oh, uh, this is from, uh, I don't know, I'll have to, uh, this is from a t- Kotaku article, just mm. FYI in case anyone was, uh, uh, relocation was compulsory in 1992 when Pennsylvania seized and condemned all property Okay, in so it's been going on for a real long time. Before the 80s, so yeah, it probably was sometime around the, the 70s, 70s then, yeah. if they'd tried until 84 and did had no... Wow. Ability to do it. Wow, so we all. So anyway, even though the movie is set in, in West Virginia, I think it's more because of the mining. Mining is more... Prominent there, yes. Yeah, prominent in, in West Supposedly Virginia. Supposedly Silent Hill is in Maine. The Silent Hill in the game, though, in Silent Hill Homecoming, it is actually reported to be in Toluca County, uh, because it's around Toluca Lake. Toluca. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, but uh, apparently this is supposedly in Maine, and Silent Hill in the game, more so than any kind of real place, is more a nod 
to the main of Stephen King's wild designs, essentially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pennywise's canon in uh, Silent Hill. Hill duh. Dude, I, <laughs> okay. I, fucking, I fucking hope so. That's great. Uh, but I mean, you can see a lot influence of a lot of Stephen King stuff. In oh yeah, for sure. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it, it, in any modern horror, I mean, Stephen King's been so influential in horror. You can't really write something that's horror related without having drawn something from a Stephen King yeah. book. You know what I mean? Like it's it's nothing, kind of inevitable at this point. Is, nothing is created in a vacuum. Yeah, for sure. But so um, so that's kind of in the game though. They don't really give too much of an explanation for why. I don't know if it's snow in this game. In in the movie, it's constantly there's a constant fog and there's constantly something that's like snowing out of the sky. But in the movie, it's ash because of the fires that are burning underneath the ground that are constantly emitting fog and smoke and yeah. making ash rain down. In the game, you really don't know why it's doing that. Well, uh, yeah, we'll it's, explain it's that. It's just mist. <laughs> yeah, we'll, ex we'll, we'll explain what the practical reason for that was a, a, a little bit. <laughs> it's someone's just standing on top Sierra of all the buildings, mist. just shaking up bottles of yeah, Sierra there Mist. Was, there is a practical reason for the mist, but we'll get that get to that in just a second. First, I want to talk about the soundtrack because the soundtrack in this is very good. There's some stuff I don't like about the soundtrack. <laughs> like, there's parts where it's, like, literally just screaming synthesizers. Like we, were, we were watching the last boss battle on a YouTube playthrough, and it just sounds like someone's... <laughs> what was that? that? That's just the noise. It's just, like, soundtrack noise. I love that that stopped you dead in your Yeah, you did. I was like... I Mm. I'm gonna make that noise every time I can't get you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no. During the last boss battle with uh, the incubator slash the incubus, whichever playthrough you went through. Yeah, depending on what ending. Yeah. Mm. Um, it really does sound like someone's sitting there with a synthesizer just turning all the knobs. <laughs> just making noise. So, somebody is seriously like, just... like, like elbow dropping on a synthesizer, <laughs> just like, bow! <laughs> it's just it's just uh, any any kid in like music class in high school. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Just like, hey, this makes funny noises. Um, but the um the actual theme is pretty is pretty interesting. I love the theme of Silent Hill. Right. Um, it's, it's really in good. both the game and the movie. They reuse it for the movie. I have to relook up the composer. Someone talk for a second while I'm <laughs> doing that. And his name is Akira. Oh, there we go. Yeah, a last name I can't pronounce. Uh, <laughs> keep talking. <laughs> it it sounds good. It kind of reminds me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre soundtrack. A little bit, the, yeah. Akira. Just industrial noise. It's relatively sparse. Yes. Akira Yamaoka. I believe I'm pronouncing that yeah, right. Yamaoka. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, we'll say Yamaoka. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard right. to do two vowels together. Yeah, but yeah, Yamaoka. Yeah. Yamaoka. That's, yeah, but anyway, he 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 was a composer for uh for the original game of Silent Hill, and like I said, that that music has gone on and been uh, at least a theme is in pretty much every game. Uh, the cool cool thing about Silent Hill though, a lot of it relies on no music because it uh, most of the gameplay itself relays on having no music and allowing you to hear footsteps, allowing right. you to hear creepy shit in the background, static. allowing you to hear the static of the radio. Uh, one, I mean, the the really important thing is that when the music does happen, you know that something important is happening. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know you're going to be scared. <laughs> a lot of the time, music happens over dialogue. True. That's, yeah. that's like when they're saying like important plot points. That's when the music mm, happens yeah. a lot of the time. Mm. But it's all really good, and I, like I said, I 
uh, one of the reasons Silent Hill is as jarring as it is, I think, is because you play a, the majority of the game without the music, and then, yeah, music right. swells when you're not playing, and you get the time to relax for a second, you're like, oh, yeah, this is just a game. I'm not, like, fucking shitting my pants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah, series of playing this game is... It's a chore to a certain it's, degree because it's hard. Well, that's it, it, that's an it, that's an interesting way for, uh, for us to transition into the actual gameplay. Oh Because uh, yeah. the, the controls of it are yeah, they're very Resident Evil. It, it basically, and I think I remember reading one time. I might be wrong about this, but the reason that tank controls are used it, it, it's twofold. A because they do use the pre-rendered backgrounds. Pre-rendered mm-hmm. backgrounds yeah. are a very big thing, and like Zach was saying, they do a really good job of giving you a sense of the space and stuff like that. Um, basically, you get the angles that the developer wants you to see mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. So you see the world from their view and why they think this area is scary. Yes. And so with pre-rendered controls, or with, I mean with pre-rendered backgrounds, having a free-flowing control format, like let's say Super Mario 64 controls in a pre-rendered format would kind of be hard. Because... The walls aren't really walls, and you don't really jump, right. and like... Well, they're not mm. They're not really pre-rendered. I would say Final Fantasy VII has pre-rendered backgrounds, but these these are actively rendered backgrounds, but they're kind of like in a set place. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's more... It's not necessarily because they're pre-rendered backgrounds. The controls that they have are because of the angles that they want mm. you to see. True, they, yeah. they want you to see it in a particular way, and if, without tank controls, it would feel wrong. It wouldn't... It wouldn't cooperate right i and think is what it is what i was gonna say yeah. originally was i think the other reason that tank controls were used in both resident evil and silent hill is to give you a sense of helplessness yeah it is harder to move you don't have also, the range of motion that you would in a lot of also games. part of it is because the original controller for the ps1 was not the dual shock it, True, was, yeah. it was the non-analog stick version and and i think they wanted to it to include people that didn't have DualShock controllers because mm. they added features for DualShock controllers like they gave you heartbeat when you're running low on, right, on, yeah. on health. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's that's one of the things that they did with the DualShock controller. With it, I think it's more that they wanted to be more inclusive for hardware, less less so that it was actually like an active choice. I thought it was, uh, I always thought it was an I thought I read that somewhere with at least Resident Evil with where they were trying to confine your movement a little bit to make you feel a little more it, helpless. It, it could have been. Uh, like and, I said, I, I might be that, wrong too. And, so. and, and Silent Hill was so late in the PS one that that could have been an active choice mm-hmm. that it was 99 so that would have been a few years after the PS one already existed and that could have been like an active choice because so many people probably would have had a dual shot mm-hmm. controller by that point and this yeah. is getting into the nitty gritty yeah i was about but... to say uh I, I just wanted to add a little tidbit here so i was playing when i was playing it a second ago um i was playing it with the dual shot mainly and i was using the control stick mainly uh for whatever reason um, going up that spiral staircase in the lighthouse with an analog stick with tank controls was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, but I mean the number one the number one great thing about it is like I don't generally like fixed camera games. Like I I hate the way God of War plays because it's all fixed camera and all that sort of stuff, and it just doesn't feel right. But in this game, like it makes a lot of sense. Like to have specific angles because you can't see around certain corners. Mm, like yeah. you can't actively control the camera. And I think that makes all of the more intense scenes a lot more intense. Um, This is jumping to Resident Evil now. But uh, my favorite fixed angle shot from a game like this is like in the in, in the police station in Resident Evil 2 where you see the lobby you know what I mean mm-hmm. even if you're on the top deck or you're on or like the balcony or you're on the the bottom level you still see the lobby in the same camera angle yes and for whatever reason I find that really cool 
And I, I don't know, like I said, it, it, to me it just it seems like they had an idea of what they wanted the setting to look like. Right. And if you had your own free camera, you get to see whatever you yeah. want, rather than focusing on what they want you to focus well, on. Well, and, and from a technical standpoint, uh, it's harder to render like a full 3D True. environment rather than to have just one angle that you only have to render just that side of it. Mm. And it's mm. it, the same thing they did with all of the PS1 Final Fantasy games is where they, there's a lot of fixed... Yes. camera angles in those too mm-hmm. um but yeah back to the fog the fog was obviously a practical thing because if you have fog you don't have to have anything rendered past that your draw distance can be short if you played superman 64 you know the, oh the benefit god. of the kryptonite fog <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah but the, the fog was an active choice because draw distances on the ps1 especially when you have graphics that are intense as silent hill for that console they had to one create a, an atmosphere for the whole place, but also practically say, okay, we can't render anything past this point because the PS One will blow up. <laughs> Which is interesting, <laughs> though. I think that I think you're right that because yeah, I guess the backgrounds in this are more 3D rendered than let's say Resident Evil because Resident Evil is pretty much all pre-rendered. Yeah, yeah. And it allow it doesn't have to have the fog because I guess everything was already loaded up and good to yes, go. And, that's true. And it also had more enemies on the screen at one time and stuff like that. Whereas Silent Hill, yeah, it was it must have been a lot harder to render that yes. whole like 3D yeah. environment. Um, but, but yeah, it, the, but the, it does make it more active. True. You know what I mean? But the, the fog, fog definitely it, the yeah. fog is definitely one of the key design choices from Silent Hill. Anyone who's played that will remember that most clearly. From the very first time that you walk out in Silent Hill, they use the fog so effectively. Mm. One of the things they do is, is the first thing that you see when you're trying to look for Cheryl is you see an outline of a figure in the fog but as you start following it you, there's nobody there right but it keeps showing up and mm-hmm. you keep going through the fog until it leads you to the place that you need to go story wise right. mm-hmm. it's so genius yeah it really, it really is, is good and so the, it, it's just a case of them using their technological limitations to make the game better yes which doesn't not that we don't have technological limitations anymore for games but it feels like no one challenges themselves to a certain degree anymore. Right. With, with a lot of AAA games, at least. Konami's oh, yeah. definitely a AAA studio. Yeah. It would I I couldn't Konami's imagine them not doing shit anymore. Yeah, sure. I mean, Metal Gear Survive. Come on now. <laughs> uh, yeah, middle finger indeed. Double middle finger indeed. Um, but I, I with a lot of the AAA studio. I mean, you don't see a lot of too much innovation anymore. I'm right. not going to say none. That That's right. a very blanket statement and that's wrong. But a lot of the innovation you're seeing are from like smaller studios like it, with Cuphead. It, Cuphead's one of the most innovative games. Assassin's Creed sequels. Oh my god. What about why, why are we talking about Assassin's Creed at all? <laughs> Get that <laughs> no, shit out of my face. No innovation. <laughs> ah, true. I mean, that, that, I, I will say Silent Hill would benefit from haystacks that you could just dive into. Oh my god. <laughs> but, anyway, or, or jump kills, like drop kills. <laughs> anyway, what we're trying to say is that this game really made the most of its limitations and really, like, it really made a great game out of out of not seeing a lot of things, mm. you know what I mean? Because of, of the graphics and what they could do with only one disc. I mean, there was a lot of PS1 games that were, you know, multiple discs or four discs for pretty much every And this is voice acting, Final too. Fantasy this game. has voice acting and yeah, yeah it has, has, has voice acting. It has really, uh, for the time, well-rendered uh, cutscenes and mm-hmm. stuff. It's got a lot and, better voice acting and cutscenes than, than the first Resi. <laughs> 
Oh, um, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that's what we're saying, is that like, this yeah. one definitely was t- took itself seriously as opposed the to voice, just trying to... The voice to... acting isn't that much better, but yeah. <laughs> I think it, Konami I mean... just tried to make it better because Konami... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Konami and Capcom always seem to have a little bit of a rivalry. But but we're, know, we're sure. burning time here. We just have so much to, to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what we really want to talk about now is what the fuck is happening. Uh, we, we, you, you heard a struggle with the synopsis. Uh, we This game fucking does not make any sense. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of imagery in this. There's a lot of imagery in this game. There's a lot of things that... Kind of like Evangelion, if anybody's ever seen Evangelion. I think some of it they just took because it looked cool. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if there's as much depth to it as we're seeing on the surface of it. But I think some of, like they they have like they have a lot of symbolism of a lot of different religions in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like one of your your key items is uh, the Star of uh, Solomon. I think. Is yeah, it which we got at one point at the end, and we're just yeah. like, what do we do with this? Yeah, it was it's just a, like it's okay. a Star of David, is what it is. Yeah. but it's like they call it the Sign of Solomon. The or Sign something of Solomon. Like that. Yeah, right, I don't yeah. remember what it was or something like that. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I think what I wanted to talk about was the one thing that we didn't touch on when we did the synopsis, uh, which is both prevalent in this and the movie, is the whole idea of Silent Hill being split into like the real world yeah. and the other world. Right. Yeah. Which, yes. uh, basically, what's happening when this happens is that Alessa is manifesting this like nightmare world that's based out of her nightmares and her anger yes. and manifesting. All of her sadness and anger and rage into making this weird alternate Silent Hill that is fucking spooky and covered in shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you have the regular Silent Hill, which is just like, you know, covered in like sinkholes or, or what do you call them? Is it a sinkhole? Where where the roads collapsed and... Just yeah, the, a sinkhole. Yeah. So that's basically, it's surrounded by that because of whatever reason, hell. I don't know. <laughs> hell, want, hell wants the land back. Um, it's reclaiming the earth. Yeah. So there's that aspect going on. And then, like I said, you have them trying to resurrect this god. You have all kinds of shit going on in this game. And it's so hard to really boil it down. Like, we struggle in the synopsis. Yeah. We're going to struggle here. It's, I don't know what to it's say. A tough, it's a tough one to talk about because there is so much stuff at the yeah. ending. Like, they really pack in a lot of imagery and a lot of story into the like the last third of the game where you're just like what the fuck is happening mm. and, and and it's really it's really hard to kind of sift through it and really make sense of it when you're not familiar with everything that they're talking about and they and, make it a lot of this clear i think i think if you were in 1999 and played this through to its conclusion any of its four con- five conclusions i think actually I think you, it's five good yeah. plus bad it's plus good. good bad ufo yeah yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's five endings to this game. Yes. <laughs> if you were in 1999 and played this through all the way to the end, you still wouldn't have any idea what's going on until you played th- through a second time. And even then, I don't think the lore was really actually complete until some of the games that came out after. Like right. the visual novel yeah. and like some Shattered Memories they and really, some of those other They ones. really set up a really interesting lore to the whole thing with the first one but yeah it wasn't really fleshed out until they kind of like added on to it later and and that's the thing that you have to understand is like there's a lot of things that weren't explained until after this first game um and so it's you kind of have to make some assumptions if you were living in 1999 and had played this game and you're just like Okay, I'm totally lost. You beat the game and you're just like what the fuck was that? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, That's what that was. It's a yeah, game. Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, yeah, and you're just sitting there. You're probably really like kind of. You're probably racking your brain about it for several weeks after you finish. Which is good. It. I mean, to be fair, that's probably what they were going for. Yeah. They want you to be wondering about what the hell was happening, right? Uh, trying to and analyze it and give you a succinct idea of what the game is about. That makes you hate yourself because you can't do a good job. Yeah, well, I guess one of the one the the first main things that we want to talk about is like the, the kind of like the whole occult thing that's going on and like like all the stuff that's associated with the occult, like the incubus and uh, what they say in the dialogue of the game is Metroton, but I think they mean Metatron. Yeah, right? they, because they I think I think it's a translation error. Yeah. So yeah, it, it kind of boil or not boils, but like brings occultism and like. Judeo-Christian shit yes. together. Yeah. Because they're trying to bring about the birth of their god, Samuel. Or Samuel. However we decided that... It's however Samuel. the word gods decided that... Need, Samuel. 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 Okay. So they're trying to bring about the rebirth of this god, which is housed within Alessa. And Samuel... I don't know. Is he Judeo-Christian or is he a demon? Um, I'd say he's is he, Judeo-Christian is he more of a kind of cult? because it said Samael's in Evangelion as the name of one of the angels. So it's it's <laughs> oh, just a okay. it's just a religious name. I can't remember where Samael originates from. Okay, yeah. so that's what their god is. Is going to bring about the apocalypse. I believe is what they're trying to do. But then Alessa, in order to prevent them from doing that, in addition to splitting her soul and creating Cheryl, essentially. She also puts the seal of Metatron around the town, I think, to protect, to protect it and to prevent other people from coming in. This is so complicated. Yeah. Uh, Metatron yeah. is actually an angel. Metatron is the angel name given to Enoch from uh, the apocryphal Book of Enoch in Judeo-Christian um, lore, I guess. I don't know if you call it the Bible lore. I don't... <laughs> Bible lore. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, it's the stuff they left out. Enoch is known to a lot, uh, and I talk about this a lot, uh, a lot of ancient astronaut theorists <laughs> as um, one of the progenitors of a lot of the ancient technology that we may or may not have. Um, uh, I, I, as you said before we started recording, kind of comparable to like an alien Prometheus, correct? Like yeah. kind of brought technology. Mm, yeah, to us. and but basically, eventually, Enoch ascends to heaven, similar to like Muhammad in the in the Islam in right. the faith of Islam. Yes, uh, he ascends to heaven and he actually takes the angel name of Metatron. So there's a biblical thing of them trying to protect the town with God stuff. I, I don't, uh, it's I don't know. so it's, hard to it's figure very, out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's complicated. And then, and then at the end, basically, what happens is, depending on what route you did, uh, because there's a couple differences in the endings, which we'll talk about in a second. But the very last boss is either the incubator, which is the thing that's gonna bring forth the new god that you fight, and when you right. fight it. It dies and becomes Cheryl for a long last second and says thank you and just dies. Yeah, and, or, the, and the incubator is is the two of them together. Correct. Yeah, Cheryl, the Cheryl and Alessa correct. together. Yeah, again. the incubator is Cheryl and Alessa combined. Yeah, they're like one of those Transformers put together. Okay, everyone, we're going to pause the episode here for just a moment um, because at this point, Chrissy told us that they had to leave due to other obligations. Um, and so from this point on, for the rest of the episode, it's just going to be me and Isaac. But before they left, they gave us some final thoughts. So here we go.
Well, give, give us the last couple words of what you think about this game. And yeah, Zach, so you guys can, finish you guys up, can I guess. Like, finish this bit up, but I'll, uh, I'll give my fave moments and final thoughts now. Okay. So, uh... Okay. I think my favorite moment it is the UFO ending, honestly. Because it's so dumb. <laughs> I love the dumb endings they throw in. And... True. Like, dog ending in two... And the final thoughts on the films are that they're dog shit, but kind of fun. And I Aww. have to drop out of this episode now, but uh, I leave it in the hands of, of you guys. So- We're already struggling. This episode's so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all later. Later. Bye, Chrissy. So... Let's do our best to try to wrap this shit up, because what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, there's so much meandering in the plot and everything yeah. about this game. Yeah. I don't understand. Well let's, well, let's talk about the different ending. So, <laughs> it, because, like, it, it really depends, like you said, it, it depends on, on what kind of choices you make. But it's kind of ambiguous when you're just playing through the game what the choices are that you're making that are changing anything. When I played through it, I had no idea that you were supposed that there was red liquid anywhere. Right. And that's like the biggest exactly. thing that you need is the red. It, it's actually it has a name. It's like the apophagus or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah. It's a kind of a complicated name. And it's but... actually something apparently that was used as some sort of a tincture or potion in ancient Greece to cure maladies. So it is a real thing, but it has a dumb name, and I'm not going to look it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, there's this red liquid that you get from Kaufman or around in Kaufman's room, I think, in the hospital the right. first time that you meet him, and you get a vial of it. That's important, and. And then later on, I think you meet him again, and you get like a gas can full of it, I believe, or he takes a gas can full of it, <laughs> something like that. There's a gas can involved. There's I know a gas that can much. somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, so the first time you use the vial is in the fight with Sybil, because at one point you get to the amusement park at because you split up after the houseboat. You go to the lighthouse, and Sybil goes to the amusement park looking for. Cheryl slash Alessa slash whatever the fuck Dahlia told you to do. Right. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, Cheryl's there, I mean, um, excuse me, Sybil's there, and you either have to fight her and kill her, and that causes wo- one trigger right, for the yeah, ending. Right, yeah, that's one of the major triggers of, like, yeah. what the ending is. Yeah, you is. either fight her and kill her, or you douse her in this red liquid, and she goes back to being good, and is alive for the rest of the game. So that's <laughs> one of your triggers. The other trigger is how you deal with the end boss, either the incubator or the incubus. Um, if you have the red liquid, you can throw it at, or Kaufman, I believe, actually, throws it at the incubator. Yeah, it depends, because, yeah. yeah, I think it is Kaufman in one particular ending, mm-hmm. but I, I think... And so he throws yeah. it at the incubator, or you throw it at the incubator, and then the incubus, which classically is a sex demon, and I don't yes. know how it applies Specifically to Specifically a, a male sex demon, a right. succubus would be a woman. Yeah, so demon. we are, we're kind of confused about this, I don't know if the game even thought about that. Uh, yeah. But anyway... It, like, spreads open the incubator's back and pops out and starts flying around, and you shoot it with a rifle a bunch. That's one of the endings, or, like I said, you kill the incubator itself. So, there's also the UFO ending. Oh, my God, that's the wild card? That's yeah, the yes, that's there, the yes man ending. There is, like, a fucking, there's, like, a shining crystal or something. I don't even remember what the item is. Yet. Oh, you yeah. You find it at one point, and then at the lighthouse, when you meet Alessa, I believe, that's when you use it. Yeah. And the aliens come down and zap you up in there. Sick. And it's like, fucking, you're done. You beat the game. Talking and about a, ancient, astronaut, <laughs> ancient astronaut theorists. 
Uh, so, so there are multiple endings to this game, and that's uh, that is a hallmark of the Silent Hill games. Yes, every game has multiple endings. The infamous one is Silent Hill Two has this ending where <laughs> a dog has been controlling the whole yes. game, yeah. and the main character is like, "What? Why?" And he starts like crying, and the dog just like starts barking and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. It's great. So, so different endings has always been um, a big part of Silent Hill. I, I think more so. I. I really want to say that Silent Hill is one of the few to do that because I don't remember if Resident Evil has multiple. There's not, or there's not. not a whole lot of games at this point that had different endings. Yeah. Like it was kind of a relatively new concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it was the first game to have multiple. True, endings, yeah, but, but I, mean, I mean, as far as survival horror games go, and like it was not a common trope matter. of yeah. the genre. No, uh, and it, it's one of those things where it actually, like, two, it's it's harder to determine what really triggers everything because it. Because I know in 2, like, one of the things that can trigger a different ending is you staring at nude photos too long. That's a Konami trope, too. Yeah. Because they but, put that type yeah. of shit in Metal Gear Solid right. also. <laughs> yeah, but that can, that can trigger different endings, and, and I think that's really funny. Just and to be to be fair, uh, that makes more sense for Silent Hill 2 to have more, I guess, minute changes that could affect the storyline or like you know subtle changes because it's a playstation 2 and has more powerful hardware yes this definitely has basically two big fracture points from where everything deviates because you can get the red liquid but still kill sybil yes and or you could get the red liquid and not kill sybil but then not do the other thing that makes everything go so it's it's definitely like definite flags in the sand whereas i think the playstation 2 had the ability to give you the player more freedom to determine their fate, I right. guess, because of the hardware. Yeah. Um, but what are, what are the other things I want to talk about is just, like, if we're trying to get, like, like big, like, story themes, I guess, from this whole thing, because, I mean, a lot of what we talked about so far is just, like, the convoluted nature of the mm. story. But I think, like, whether intentional or not, it does have, like, sort of uh, a lot of themes of, of, of grief and, I mean, a big theme of, like, dissociation and, like, you know, what's real and what's not mm. real and, like... Yeah. Like holding on for dear life to your own sanity, like in, in and, just that whole thing. And yeah, that's what the whole other world is is basically representing, because that's Alessa's attempts to distance herself or project her feelings of dread onto others, and uh, as a coping mechanism for her own dread. Because basically, in the story, Alessa is essentially. I think this might even be more the movie than in the game, but Alessa is basically just like a shriveled, dying corpse that's been burned to death and yeah. has been experimented on and been kept alive for the rebirth of this god. So she's a child who's scared in a room and basically her telekinetic powers or poltergeist powers or whatever you want to call it is manifesting this evil world. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's a that's a kind of a metaphor for how to deal with loss or grief or pain. Yeah. And... Like I said, and Zach and I are kind of in a little bit of a split here because I don't know how deep they you, wanted you to get this game. You don't think it's as deep? As I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I I think that they had a good idea. They had a lot of good ideas, and they wanted to make a really good visual piece. You know what I mean? They wanted yeah. to give you some really cool visuals, give you some really good scares. But unlike some of the other things we've talked about. I don't know how much of like a message this game has behind it, and, and I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll say that I don't think the message uh, was as intentional as some other things we've talked about, and and it might have just been consequential that that's what it happened to end yeah. up being being about. But I, I think that it is at least worth exploring and saying that maybe maybe there is something there 
the that only... you could read into, or at least something that people who have gone through experiences like that could at least relate to. See, the the only th- before I started looking into the lore and actually what the game was about, if I had to guess, and what I had always thought it was about personally, was I always thought that Silent Hill, the game, was about Harry's acceptance of the loss of his daughter. Yeah. Because we were talking about how apparently a lot of the other world and like the, the, the cleaving of the worlds and stuff like that was very much influenced by Jacob's Ladder, the movie. Yeah. Like that was definitely taken from that. Um, and that's definitely like him getting over loss and grief and having to deal with being fucking poisoned by the American military. Yeah. And all kinds of shit. Jacob yeah. Ladder's crazy. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I always thought, like I said, before reading anything, if I had to give an assumption about what it was about, Prior to doing any research, I always thought that Harry loses his wife, loses his daughter, and then all of Silent Hill is his struggle to cope with that. Yeah, and that's, that's what an I always thought it was. It. Yeah. That's what I had always thought it was. But like I said, now that I read it, that's that's and that's what draws me away because I had that interpretation. But now I read all the stuff about it, and I know it's not that. I know it is this right. convoluted mess of a story. Right. And so that's kind of why I'm not as not as up on like it having any symbolism at all. Now I'm just kind of like, eh. yeah. It took the air and out I mean, of my balloon. Yeah, and the th- yeah, the thing is, intent does mean a lot. Yeah. Is like I don't know. It, it's hard. I think you, if you still like experience it on your own, you can still read into it any way you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, like sure. with with any kind of art form, you can yeah, kind of definitely. read into it all you want. I mean, same same with music. Even if their intent was whatever, you know, you can still. Um. Uh, it, it, whatever their intent was, you can still kind of just take it and run with it yourself and right. experience it in your own way. Um, which you know it, it's whatever, but it's it, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where people, different people, experience things different ways. True, you know what I yeah. mean. And, and I I kind of want to read into it just because I feel like it's an interesting topic and I think that it does say something on it and to some extent whether intentional or not like I said yeah. to begin with and like uh, I said that and that's still how I'm always gonna see it is I feel yeah. like it's definitely because yeah it, it has all this occult stuff behind it but it still makes more sense to me as Harry dealing with some sort of loss and unfortunately <laughs> uh. Any symbolism whatsoever is kind of lost in the movie at all. <laughs> the movie is a lot more like if this mo- if this game is just kind of like weird and surface level as I'm arguing, the movie is even more surface level. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't watched the movie, so like, oh, have you not watched like, the movie? What's, at all? What, like, what's like the main differences? The main differences with the movie. Okay, well, I, there's a few. Um, Harry is no longer the main character. Actually, all the names have changed. This movie now follows Rose, who is the mother of the daughter Sharon. And her husband, Sean B. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the character's name. Uh, Sean Bean is the actor. I know that. Um, but anyway. No, his name's Sean Bean. Okay. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Sharon basically is having these fits of sleepwalking. And she keeps sleepwalking. So her name is Sharon in the movie. In the movie, the daughter's name is Sharon. Okay. And she keeps putting herself in dangerous situations and talking about this place called Silent Hill and how she needs to go to Silent Hill. So, uh, Rose does some research and decides, I'm going to take her to Silent Hill, knowing that it is a burnt out old mining ghost town with a giant (laughs) fire underneath it. Um, The perfect resort location. Yeah, she does this. Yes. 
Sean Bean finds out that she does this and cancels all her credit cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, fucking bring my daughter back. And she's like, nah, I'm gonna go to Silent Hill. So on the way to Silent Hill, she actually meets Sybil for the first time at a rest stop. And um, basically gets pulled over by Sybil and then speeds away from Sybil after getting pulled over. And, and Sybil does nothing. She does nothing. She doesn't even you run mean to get back on the- shoot her dead? She doesn't shoot the car. She doesn't run to get back on the bike and chase her. She does nothing. And so she drives really, really fast into Silent Hill until Alessa runs out into the road, causes her to spin out. She loses consciousness, wakes up, and Sharon's gone. Then she gets arrested by Sybil because Sybil comes back later on. So, like, uh, what I understand it's about very it, similar. Yeah, yeah. What I understand about it is that Sybil just plays a lot larger part in the movie than she does in the game. Sybil does have a bigger part. Um, but the main thing that I like about the movie, at least for the first like half, it sticks really close to the game. Uh, it has a scene in the alley where she goes down, she finds a mangled corpse on the wall, and she starts getting attacked by the worst CG tiny goblins of all time. Hell yeah. Um, she wakes up, she get, uh, actually, it's after that scene that she gets arrested by Sybil when she goes back to the car, which is kind of similar to the, to the game. Right. Um, they have the scene where they go to the school. They search all over the school for, uh, Sharon. They have the scene where they go to the hotel. So there's a lot of stuff that's the same. It starts, oh yeah, and they meet Dahlia. You know, Dahlia is a big character in, in the movie as well. Starts deviating when they get to the church. Because in Silent Hill, the game, the church is there, and you get a sense that there are people that are, like, being creepy and wanting this god to come back and all that type of shit. Uh, in Silent Hill, the movie, every time the other world starts to creep in and all the nastiness starts to engulf the town, kind of similar to the game, there are air, air raid sirens. Uh, that happens in the game as well. But in the movie... Those air raid sirens are coming from the church, and the church is the one warning people, and all, like, the weird, like, half-resident, like, this weird, creepy, like, homeless people, like, just come out of the woodwork and all <laughs> file into the church after the air raid sirens happen, because the darkness is coming. Oh, boy. And, um, I don't know. There's this whole cult in there, and they accuse Rose of being a witch, and of her daughter of being a witch. Wow. And they were the ones who burned Alessa in the first place, because they were trying to prevent the apocalypse. So they keep scapegoating her, but then they keep her alive, and she's all burned up and shit. And, like, they just like human sacrifice. There's nothing about them wanting to bring back a god. That's <laughs> all about them, like, trying to survive, and Alessa's just trying to murder them. I think is what it is. <clears throat> Other big difference. Pyramid Head isn't in the game. He's in the movie. Fuck you guys. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know, a lot of people don't realize this, especially if you haven't played the first Silent Hill, but the Pyramid Head isn't in yeah, the Yeah, Pyramid Head is a big staple of the second game, and yes. I think he's in every game after that. Yes. But he's not in the first one. He is in the movie, though. Uh, he has this... You know what? I'll save it for my favorite moment. I'll save it for my favorite moment. Pyramid Head is probably my favorite moment in, in, okay, in yeah, the we'll, movie. We'll say, <laughs> but before we get to favorite moments, we do want to talk about Ka Konami, fucking Konami, uh, and how Konami like basically like destroyed this series like over time, as they have done with most of their franchises, um, where they just like they did not utilize it in the correct way. All of the most interesting things that they were going to do with this 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 franchise, they did not follow through with, like Silent Hills. Uh, True, uh, I will say though. The Silent Hill franchise has had a lot of really interesting things about it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I haven't played two or three, but Silent Hill Four: The Room. I've watched some playthroughs of that. I actually really like it. It's a really cool concept. Silent Hill Four: The Room. Um, you're this guy who's living in a town, but you're locked in this room, and you have to explore the room for a while. And over time, then you unlock a lock on your door, and you get to go into Silent Hill, and shit happens, and it's creepy. And then you come back to the room, and you have to discover what's changed. And it's like it's 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 a definitely it. They did something really new in Silent Hill 4, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then, like I said, you have a Game Boy game, a Game Boy Advance game. That's not really a game. It's more of a novel uh, mm-hmm. of the first... A visual of, novel. Uh, yeah, yeah, of the first Silent Hill, which is kind of cool. I mean, every, it, the main reason it's notable is because it pushed the hardware of the Game Boy Advance, because it still has a lot of the same cutscenes and stuff. Um, and then you have some addendum games, like Homecoming, Shattered Memories, like all these like kind of like offshoot games. So up to a point, Konami was doing their best to kind of expand the story around Silent Hill. Right. Where they fucked up was, I mean, and this is going to sound shitty, where they fucked up was by giving it to Kojima for Silent Hills. Because they already knew at yeah. that point like that Kojima was kind of crazy, and Kojima already knew he kind of hated Konami. Yeah. And there, there was already a lot of tension by the time that Silent Hills was an idea. Right. And they released PT, which is an acronym for Playable Trailer, which was all over the internet. Everyone saw this game. It looked fucking amazing. It was awesome. It was just a series of puzzles from a first-person perspective in a like a house, like a hallway that just kept repeating itself but changing minutely every time. It was such a cool thing and obviously it was made for the let's play crowd it yeah. was made for people to play it and get hype about it because when you beat it guess what happened you saw daryl from walking dead come out and he's like boom i'm the main character in silent hills bitch <laughs> and then it didn't happen because fucking konami and kojima hate each other now yeah so that's the end of that and they they split yeah un- unamicably yeah um yeah and the, and the most recent thing that konami has even done with the franchise title is a pachinko machine uh, <laughs> we keep yeah. talking about that. yeah but i mean i mean it, it is what it is i mean konami will probably never make a good silent hill game again unfortunately i'm not i'm not ruling it out but i mean i don't understand why they would just scuttle a franchise you know what i mean even Metal Gear Survive was definitely them going for a cash grab with the Fox engine. But why wouldn't I would, they? I would say that at this particular moment, survival horror games are not in vogue. I would say that's part of it. Uh, I would say that that because I think of a really big big survival horror game that has There's come out. There's a lot of indie horror games right now. But, there is, but they're not huge. Like the yeah. big, the big thing right now is, uh, you Crafting. know, is like battle royale games. Battle That's, royale. Well, I mean, stuff like Minecraft s stuff. Is also yes, big right yeah. Now. yeah. And it, building stuff in battle royale games yeah, are real big right that's now. True. Yeah, and, and I would say that survival horror is just not on anybody's agenda at the moment. Even though Alien Isolation, one of the Alien greatest, Isolation, one of the Resi- greatest games. Resident ever Evil made. Seven. I mean, Resident, Resident Evil, Evil Seven was so like good. fucking. A perfect way to transition Resident Evil into a new generation of gaming. And while those were great games, they're not like they're not like you know echelons above everything else. That's the thing. It's yeah. like these these big battle royale games. That's where it's at. You know. And I mean, like even that's the thing. Like everyone's focusing. The gaming industry right now is kind of shitting itself. <laughs> and I don't know why. I, I, I like I said, I hate to throw on blanket terms like that, but basically. 
everyone's jumping on the bandwagon that nothing should be single player anymore, at least in the AAA camps. Right. Nothing's single player anymore. You can't have a well crafted single player experience, a narrative experience anymore. It has to be something that everyone's involved in, which was like the big falling, or not falling point, but like downside of like Fallout 76. They oh, took yeah. a game which is meant to be a solo played narrative experience that not only do you control but like shit just happens to you like yes. skyrim fallout but now they turn it and and like other people are a part of your storyline yeah it just doesn't work and the and problem translate. is sometimes other people suck yeah <laughs> uh, and it's like, it's like yeah i don't know yeah and i guess you're right it's um it's open world it's battle royale it's crafting yeah that's those what's are all the kind of defining right stuff right now even cyberpunk 2077 like one of the biggest games that i'm excited about don't know how good it'll be because open world games kind of just are open world games. Now. But anyway, we digress because this is not a video game podcast. But <laughs> it, it, that is, I mean, that is a thing, interesting kind of context for like why there isn't probably a Silent Hill game right now that, that has just come out because they're probably not going to make one anytime soon. And I can't think of any other real survival horror game or franchise that's really been on our radars recently. Right. Resident Evil 7 was the last big one. Yeah. Silent Hill's. We don't even know what type of game Death Stranding is, which is a new game that Konami is making with Kojima. The, the, with the funk. Uh, oh, yeah, Kojima, Kojima is making with, with the funky fetus, as Chris oh, likes yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, um, we don't even know what kind of game that is. I don't yeah, know if it's horror or know. what. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think there'd be another great Silent Hill, maybe ever. Uh, unfortunately, oh, it's sad. But we can play this one and yep. still feel great about it. Uh, so what? What? So what's that? That your favorite moment? Well, okay. Or? Well, my favorite moment in the game. I think uh, from playing it, uh, I did, like I said, I like when I fight Mo fought Mothra. That was a really intense Moth. boss battle on top of, I can't remember if it was on top of the hospital or the hotel or what it was. But uh, yeah, it's just a big moth monster and it yeah. sucks. Because up to that point, you really are mainly using melee weapons. And then you get a flying monster, right? You were like, oh shit, all my bullets down the drain. <laughs> it's like my entire playthrough of Monster Hunter World. Yeah, right. But anyway, actually my favorite moment in the game though is the fight with Sybil. Because that's a really shitty scene. If you don't have that red liquid, you're like, yeah. fuck. I gotta do this. And yeah. yeah, and like, it is really creepy because the carousel keeps moving. And then every once in a while, the carousel stops or moves, depending on what you're doing. And if it's moving, you walking around it. She's just sitting on one of the horses, going up and down. And she sees you and she's like, oh, hey, what up? She gets off and she shoots you in the face. And it only takes two shots to kill you. Great. It sucks. Love it. But anyway, my favorite scene from the movie is when Pyramid Head has Sybil and Rose cornered. And so he has them in, like, they're behind a door, and they have a big pipe over the door. So he has them cornered, and he's sticking his big old sword in there and almost getting them and, like, slashing around trying <laughs> to get them. And then he, he realizes he can't reach them. So he puts the sword down, and he just sticks his hand in the hole that he made, and he's just reaches toward him and starts doing this <laughs> yeah, he just starts like just flexing his hand at them like come here I'm gonna get you and it's just like ridiculous and then he does it again to Sybil like he does it once to Rose and then he does it to Sybil and he's just like what is going on <laughs> also there's a part where Pyramid Sked rips the skin off a woman nice grabs her by the chest rips her entire skin off in one go and then tosses it at the, at the door of the church sick it's pretty funny <laughs> nice so they're, they're yeah that's it 
<laughs> so um, my favorite moment is actually, it, it's an interesting one, because I, I think it was just a really great atmospheric moment. But it's the scene where you walk into that room and there's all those TV screens and static's happening and then like a that, that image of Cheryl comes up mm-hmm. and it's like just really disturbing. Yeah. But it's just like a really great atmospheric like set piece. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's just, it sets that like it's like because it kind of ushers in kind of like the midpoint of the game right yeah like and it's just like a great midpoint of the game and just like oh there's still creepy shit that's gonna happen the rest <laughs> of this game i've already played like three or four hours of right. it um but i don't know it's really great it's it, it's such the great game is so great at atmosphere building it really is yeah and i mean i think that's, that's the biggest takeaway from silent hill is yeah <sighs> don't focus on the storyline too much oh my god like yeah it it Killed me trying to fucking research this and figure out what's going on because I don't remember half the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it is, it is only like a four or five hour game, but playing through it that quickly would be hard yes. unless you're like a speed runner and know what you're doing. Yeah, you're not gonna get through it that quickly. It's gonna be a couple. I mean, you get immediately to the piano puzzle and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, all the puzzles in this are really well done, but they are hard. They're, They're hard to figure They're out tough. what the fuck you're doing. They're tougher than than pretty much every Legend of Zelda puzzle. Yeah, no, you're you're just sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you have to figure out what zodiac signs to fucking do by numbers, and you think you're like, okay, let me look up what order they come in in the zodiac calendar. But like, oh fuck, well they can come in any kind of order. So, oh shit, well maybe it's based on months, but no, they're not based on months. It's a zodiac. So, oh well, maybe it's based on alphanumeric stuff. So maybe I have to translate Cancer into whatever C number is in the alphabet. But okay. That's ten. It turns out there's, it's about their arms. How many arms do they have? Okay, so the ul- the ultimate comparison, and then we'll, and then we'll leave. Uh, what which puzzles are harder, Mist or Silent Hill? Oh, I I, I have no idea what to do in Mist. Okay, I, I've never been able to play Mist. Are you kidding me? I've, bro, bro, how do you play Mist? Have you have you played more of two I seconds? I don't even know what Mist is. Uh, <laughs> no, I see. No, okay, whole new tangent. I have not played more than like ten minutes of Mist without just shutting it off because I have no idea what the fuck to do. <laughs> okay, and we leave you with that. Uh, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. That's I'm all sorry we have this week. This one's been a fuck fest. Yeah, guys. it's there's so much that happened this episode. It's Chris, so you hard. Left. It's such a hard game. Chrissy to talk left, about and, and we were left to fend for ourselves, true, and now I mean, it's just a disorganized mess. No, I'm just <laughs> jo- no, I'm just joking. But uh, hopefully, you stay stay I've, around I've here. Just me four and fist. Isaac. Four fish in the time that. Since they've left. Oh yeah. Yes. No. I. I'm. I. I am. Never mind. I don't know how words work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank we you. love you. Bye. Uh, bye.